Hello and welcome to this special edition of the ARC Audio Book Club. It might sound like a normal edition of the podcast, but the subject has taken a little more preparation because there was no guarantee we could knock this out in the usual month rotation. So this month, or more accurately over the last few years, we have read David Foster Wallace's epic of addiction, entertainment, family drama, philosophy, film theory and optics and tennis, Infinite Jest. Impossible to summarise, Infinite Jest tells the story of Hal, an anhedonic tennis and lexicographical prodigy muddling through his final years of education at his family's tennis academy, while down the hill a former oral narcotics junkie and reformed criminal Don Gately helps to run a halfway house for drug addicts. Meanwhile, government agents and Quebecois separatists are on the hunt for a film called Infinite Jest, directed by Hal's father and the Tennis Academy's founder, James Incanenza, which fatally entraps all viewers in a state of catatonic bliss. And joining me this month, while Gio and Sarah are starting internships and finishing uh, master's degrees, are Mayas Casanovi. Hi. Franek Kovansky. Uh, hi. And for his final appearance on this show, for a little while at least, Story of Hello. I just mumbled the name. It's fine. for rock and roll. Okay, this book is about far too much. So I thought I was going to start off by reading a long quote for anyone who's not read this book, which is probably most of the people listening to this. Or maybe about half. Done. <coughs> trust the people. I'm going to start the quote anyway. <laughs> trust the people. Trust the people or don't trust the people. <laughs> don't. <laughs> so just to give you a flavor of the strange denseness of this book, I'm going to read this quite long quote and then we're going to go from there. So everyone get thinking. I want people jumping in. Once we're started. I need my pen. Granted, okay, yeah. I need a pen. Uh, the page is... 694. Ooh, about halfway through the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally yeah. one page after my... <laughs> after your toilet paper, paper marker. marker. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> Hal Incandenza, though he had no idea yet of why his father really put his head in the specially dickied microwave in the year of the trial-sized dove bar is pretty sure that it wasn't because of standard U.S. anhedonia. Hal himself hasn't had a bona fide intensity of interior life-type emotion since he was tiny. He finds terms like joy and value to be like so many variables in rarefied equations, and he can manipulate them well enough to satisfy everyone but himself that he's in there, inside his own hull as a human being. But in fact, he's far more robotic than John No Relation Wayne. One of his troubles with his moms is the fact that Avril Incandenza believes she knows him inside and out as a human being and an internally worthy one at that, when in fact, inside Hal, there's pretty much nothing at all. He knows his moms, Avril, hears her own echoes inside him and thinks what she hears is him, and this makes Hal feel one thing he feels to the limit lately. He is lonely. It's of some interest that the lively arts of the millennial USA treat anhedonia and internal emptiness with hip, as hip and cool. It's maybe the vestiges of the romantic glorification of Weltschmerz, which means world weariness or hip ennui. Maybe it's the fact that most of the arts are produced by world weary and sophisticated older people and then consumed by younger people who not only consume art, but study it for clues about how to be cool, hip. And keep in mind that kids and younger people, to be hip and cool is the same as to be admired and accepted and included and so unalone. Forget so-called peer pressure, this is more like peer hunger. No. We enter a spiritual puberty, 
where we snap to the fact that the great transcendent horror is loneliness, excluded engagement in the self. Once we hit this age, we will now give or take anything, wear any mask to fit, be part of, not be alone, we young. The US arts are our guide to inclusion, a how-to. We are shown how to fashion masks of ennui and jaded irony at a young age, where the face is still factile enough to assume the shape of whatever it wears. And then it's stuck there, this wary cynicism that saves us from gooey sentiment and unsophisticated naivete. Sentiment equals naivete on this continent, at least since the reconfiguration. One of the things sophisticated viewers have always liked about J.O. Inconenza's The American Century as Seen Through a Brick is its unsubtle thesis that naivete is the last true terrible sin in the theology of millennial America. That's a, it's a good book, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also packed full of the funny, the darkly funny. I also have marked this. Mm-hmm. That was nice. You fell in love with an uh, empty person. I don't think this is the topic of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually fully no. explained on a, uh, on a blog post. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's talked I, about. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny because I remembered the first part very clearly. And I totally forgot about the second part, about the arts. Mm. I didn't know this book was about the arts. Or maybe I did. I didn't remember I did. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's my statement. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that there's bits about the book which you don't remember it's about because it's a, mm. about a lot of things. Mm. I mean, but that that is like the, the the I think the central thesis section of the um of the book was like we have is like describing the kind of damage <laughs> that he thinks contemporary culture produces in people and maybe has already been there or at least how contemporary culture exacerbates that damage. Um, and he, yeah, and and the values that are in, entrenched in that. It's a. Uh, so yeah, I mean, who really, you know, maybe we should take some steps back, because <laughs> it's very easy to get very far into this, really quickly. So, how long? Let's, let's have a really banal question to start it with. How long did it take you to read this book? I. It took me about six months. Same here. I think I read 20 other books while I read this one. Mm. Yeah, I read some simultaneous. To me, it was different. It was the exclusive lecture. Nothing else was uh, allowed. <laughs> Nothing else was accepted. I think it was a month. Yeah. It was an, uh, an autumn month, though. So I had like, one of those dark afternoons when you have nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah. But then you have to do it. <laughs> so, I, remember, yeah. I remember you plowing <laughs> through at an incredible <laughs> Yeah, well, if you can call a month spent with a book an incredible pace. It's a thousand, then, uh, it's, it's a thousand yeah. tiny <laughs> typed pages. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> of like difficult, relatively yeah. difficult sentences. I think it takes like half an hour just for your eyes to adjust to the page. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, really. You have to take very long reads. I think, it t- I can't remember, I think it took me like Two months, yeah. but one of them I wasn't really reading, and I read mm. another book in between, which <laughs> was about mountains. Doesn't make any sense. But I think what it was interesting <laughs> is that when I was taking it on like small bits, yeah. then I would just get so bored, or yeah. not bored, just mm. like I didn't want to continue yeah. reading. Yeah. I thought it was so frustrating. But then when yeah. I was like three hours in, I was like, "This is this is amazing," mm. and yeah. that's when it becomes like a six hour <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. read and you don't understand what you're yeah, doing I with think, your life I think it's n- not even the time span like how long it takes to read a book which is which was really interesting to me but rather 
how the quality of reading. So mm. it was a very frustrating book to read. Yeah. Like it's almost at points it was repealing mm. to go through. And yet I felt I need to go through. Somehow it was kind of like being addicted to something which mm. is not like it's a pretty nasty thing. Yeah. But you just have to go through it <laughs> once you like deep yeah. into it enough, yeah. which takes maybe the initial hundred pages. And that was a very strange reading experience, yeah. which I don't think I I ever had because mm. either books were clearly just not appealing to me. And I think one of them could be uh, Knut Hamsun's Hunger. Like it reads really tough and at the same time there is nothing which really drags you to it. And then on the other hand, there is books like uh, The Possessed by Dostoevsky, which is just so masterly written. You just can't put it aside and you just want to go through it straight away. Mm. So those are mm. two poles, mm. I would say, and Infinite Jest just merges the two experiences mm. for me, yeah. which is yeah. really weird. Yeah, it's almost like it's not like, it doesn't sound like it's even in the middle of those two positions. It's more like it's actually just crushed them together. Both at once, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think the closer experience I've had is like very weird because it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that it's so close. But it was uh, reading Clarice Lispector's Aqua Viva. Like I really wanted to finish it. Because I couldn't stand reading it, but at the same time, it was such a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, I like. I was like suffering so much while reading it, and it was different because the the actual emotion was like very different, and mm. of course, the length, like Aqua Viva, I think is like ninety pages or something yeah. like that. But I think this book was more like trying to understand a person that you don't know, because mm. you there's like something that mm. you're you can see that there's something there. But there's also something else that is telling you, like, why are you doing this? No. <laughs> I think the paradox is that there is an element which you can't stand about this book, mm. yeah. and yet you return to it is mm. yeah. something which is really fascinating but, about it. But I think, don't you think that that has also something to do about the things we know about the book? Like how the book is not any book. Yeah. Like we've... You and somewhere, like, you know, like, oh, it's David Foster Wallace, oh, it's this book. I don't know, like, <laughs> at least for me... <laughs> The first time I heard about this book was a friend who was reading it mm. and he kind of told me like, oh, I don't, he didn't say you cannot read it, but mm. he said something like, oh, it's it's quite difficult <clears throat> and you're not a native English speaker, so you're just going to have a lot of trouble and like probably just not going to read it all. And I was like, what? I'm going to read it. One day I'm going to read it and, and I'll understand it. There is definitely the <laughs> challenge element to it, mm. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I just stumbled upon it in a bookstore. I think like mm. the bookstore in Iceland just got like 10 copies in mm. uh, and I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I read on the back cover and I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. And then I think the book itself just keeps you there. Yeah. Uh, and to maybe talk a bit about my experience, I started listening to it again since I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> so I put on the audiobook and I thought it was weird how quickly it kind of starts to center around the main themes. Because mm. I always thought it's it's very fragmentary and, and going mm. all over uh, place and time, but yeah. it really quickly s like circles in yeah. on mm. uh, yeah. what it's really about. And I think that's maybe when you know what it is about, then uh, you see it right away. But I think you feel it more when you're reading it. Like there is something there that I need to like. What yeah. is going mm. on? Yeah, yeah. and then uh, and that's kind of like the thriller, like element of it as well, like yeah. the mystery. Yes. Yes, like I was like mystery both on like a, the the ostensible subject matter of the book of the, of the narrative, which is really 
like very background kind of in a sort of Thomas Pynchon way where you're like, yeah, there's a MacGuffin. But, but then also like yeah, thematically that it's, it's, it's so much the, the emergent from the details he's outlining that you, that you see that, oh, this is about loneliness. This is about, mm. this is mm. about joy. This is about the, the <laughs> inability to feel pleasure and, and connection with other people. Oh, I see this. And then like I found on my second reading, because I'd heard um, after my first reading of it and, and between the first and second reading of the book, uh, that it was structured in this kind of fractal way of the Sapinski da- gasket, and I didn't know how on earth that would actually play out. And then I realized, okay, wait, no. So you have one scene where a character suffocates because he has a cold and he gets, you know, and then the next scene is also related thematically with a, another character with a terrible cold. Mm. And mm. so it's got this kind of, this, this sort of like one, two, three pattern. Like there's always one or two points of connection in each scene. And that's how mm. they kind of join together. And it's like, I can't track them all, because, no. but you just see like, there's one, there's one, there's one. It goes oh, through, yeah. like you can yeah. take any two scenes and find something similar mm. in the third one. And then you can start mm. by taking those two kind of like a Fibonacci yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that's as well. It's always it's, it's, building up in that way, yeah. taking it's and adding bit, to it. Do you think that yeah. also affects unconsciously to your reading? Because I was thinking like, I didn't know this. I mean, yeah. I knew because you told me, mm. I remember, but I think I was like almost finishing it or yeah. something like that. So it didn't, and I wasn't like, yeah. I had so many things to think about this book that that was <laughs> yeah. my least yeah. worry, you know? No, I was thinking, it's, yeah, I don't think but it's like like a thing you have to like notice up front. I think, I think it's more about why, when you think to yourself, why the hell does this random assortment of crap hang mm. together? Mm. It's probably because it's got that kind of... Why is there so yeah. many mentions of teeth in yeah. it, for example? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice at first, but yeah. now I'm going through it again. It's just like, it's just about dentals. It's a book about, book about, book about but then yes. probably probably around the halfway point, like teeth would just disappear because there'd be yeah, there's something else going on. Yeah. 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 It would have it would have emerged into something else. Uh, okay, well that's good. Okay, book's done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just one element of yeah. the book, which is interesting. <laughs> the teeth. Uh, <laughs> also, um, so yes, yeah, so we were saying about how. Uh, how this book has certain frustrating elements to it. Uh, one of which is the the inclusion of about was it 180 footnotes or something? Oh, there are more like 300. Something. 300 footnotes? Yeah, three. Sorry, nearly 400 footnotes. It's and footnotes, two footnotes. Footnotes, two footnotes. Jeremy, yeah. favorite. Eh? Footnotes to end notes. In, sorry, they're all end notes. Actually, they're not footnotes. Yeah. Footnotes are in the Pale King. Mm. <laughs> mm. But yeah, um, so you gotta constantly flip back and mm, forth in this yeah. huge brick of a book <laughs> yeah, to yeah. get the full yeah. experience. Which then we'll put the pictures on this somewhere which online, which means that you can damage a book quite severely as mine, which is currently being read by my yeah. roommate for the third time, <laughs> uh, is really just, it's not weathering well. No. No, you win this competition. <laughs> yeah. Just keep it out of the sunlight. That helps. That's not really gonna help this. Too it's got late. so much tape no, on it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. So he would do things like there's what there's one I remember particularly near near the middle. It's the near, it gets to the, there's not really chapters. There's more section breaks that divide mm. at this book, mm. and like you're getting close to an end of a section break after quite a good, <laughs> a good sized section, I think. And then you're about to finish it, and you find a footnote. You go enough on an end note, and you flip to the back. You're like, I'll just finish this, and then I'll be on my way to bed. And then it's 16 pages long. <laughs> And then it has its own end notes. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to sleep anywhere. Uh, uh, I had that with the filmography end note. I was, it's actually a nice story. I was, I was on a train coming back from Nagasaki 
-hmm. And I was like, this is Japan. I should like look at things, you know, it's so nice. But we were going through like a tunnel thing. So, and I knew because I was going back. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just read for 20 minutes and it will be fine. And I was reading, I'm going to be soon finished. And then I'll look at the landscape because the tunnels are finishing. This is like perfect timing. And then the, the, the end note came. <laughs> filmography one <laughs> and I was like and the tunnels ended and I was like looking at the you know looking at the sea and then mm. looking at the filmography and looking at the sea and at some point I, I just threw the literally I threw the book on the <laughs> side of the train yeah. seat and I didn't open the book for like a couple of days yeah. yeah so yeah the filmography we were alluding to here is the fictional filmography of the um, the book the, 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 uh, the uh, protagonist's I guess we could say he's the protagonist, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. One of those two. Um, Save both. There are many. Yeah. Uh, his father's filmography, his deceased father's filmography. And it, yeah, it's difficult to want to read because it features, it's very broken up and it's a, some, it's a very technical language. I have not read it, I admit. That's the one end note I skipped. So <laughs> technically I have not read the book, but at least I'm open Get about it. Get out! <laughs> Featuring, <laughs> featuring, but it features information like what medium it was recorded on, limited celluloid run, released on magnetic video, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, there are a lot of nuns yeah. at some point, if I don't rem I remember correctly. Aren't there like a couple of movies about nuns? There's one movie in called, America. There's one movie called Blood Sister, One Tough Nun. Union of Nurses in Berkeley. <laughs> I like that. Uh, wave bye bye to the bureaucrat. And the <laughs> next one is Union of Theoretical Gram. Grammarians in Cambridge. <laughs> you, you see, like it comes. Yeah. <laughs> it comes. An another film here entitled "Baby Pictures of Famous Dictators." <laughs> Fun with teeth. Fun with teeth. <laughs> so, the film right before Infinite. Infinite just too. The film adaptation of Peter Weiss's "The Persecution and Assassination of Marat" as performed by the inmates of the asylum at Charenton <laughs> under the direction of Marquis de Sade. <laughs> That's some of the films in there. <laughs> Death and the kind, Single Girl. Yeah. Kinds of Pain. Yeah. I uh, like that. That sounds like a band. Unfinished. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I think was quite, quite remarkable about this is you have setups for future jokes in this, but also a lot of thematic stuff coming through these different um, different <laughs> films. Um, also, it's where you find the MacGuffin of the film Infinite Jest. No. But then I think what's really interesting is the inclusion of all these untitled, unfinished, unreleased things. And some things are titled or unreleased or unfinished, but then some are untitled, unfinished. And I think there's something really nice about the world building that takes place here. Mm. Mm. Whereas, like, there is a complete world information, and the person who's making this book, the narrator, even though he's you know semi omnipotent, doesn't have access to it all, and makes it feel as if like this <laughs> is a very tangible reality. Like you know, similar times when there's a footnote on a on a obscure comment, and the guy just says, "I have no idea." And but I think there is, like me skipping this chapter, I was very hesitant because this is a book where you never know <laughs> what's important, what's not important. If you know what I mean, yeah. like sometimes you you read a book and something is, is there and you almost sure it's there for a reason. Like it's not like people write about things which mm. would be irrelevant. In this book, you have no idea what actually seems to be central to the story mm. because you're not sure what the mm. actual story is. You're so but lost and... I think this is really remarkable about this one also in reference to the unpublished, untitled. Like, if Wallace creates this mm. seeming completeness of universe, not only providing you and feeding you with information, which would be 
central from the point of view of yeah. any like, like coherent narrative, but also gives you a lot of details which might be just accidental. Like in this way, this book mm. emulates the experience of your life. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. It, and then that, also it adds a lot of like characterization to the director as well. As you get like he was mentally unstable, <laughs> so there's so many projects that kind of almost rhythmically yeah, come through yeah, as yeah. being unfinished. Yeah. Like he's having yeah. different episodes in his life, and you're like, well, that's not going to happen then. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like uh, the general sense of being lost, I guess. Like it's, it's this is just like probably the best example. But like it's, it's basically repeated page mm. after page. Like as I was reading, I was never able mm. to figure out. Oh, should I focus now because that's what's gonna mm. prove. And I think that that's at least for me that's what made it like really beautiful to read yeah. and like more interesting to read mm. towards the end because that there was like a. I don't know. There was like a breaking point when I realized this is not about. There is no important or not not important information, mm. and there's like mm. no s important storyline or not. It's more about the capacity of this Wallace man to create a super complete <laughs> world, mm. and you get into that, mm. and that's why you get so cut up at some mm. point because mm. he's portraying a real world that is not real, yeah, and a real world has. And significant things, and also mm. significant things, yeah. and it has irony and uh, humor, and and you know, and yeah, this yeah. kind of like footnotes and yeah, yeah. But like I think in this way, it, it's very yeah. well placed with sort of expectations we often have when we come towards a book or a novel that there will be something which will be articulated there, and there mm. will be elements which will actually crucial. And this book seemingly doesn't have this element, and this is I agree mm. with you. That's part of its like absolute charm mm. that you realize that it's possible to produce something coherent and mm. so huge and yet not have this driving thread or like of course there is yeah. plot lines yeah, which yeah. Mm. intervene but it's not like they are the important thing there it's more about the yeah this crazy universe i think what's mm. what's fascinating is like this is again this is a book which is i believe it's like a third shorter than the original draft <laughs> um and what's really interesting about that is that you you know you you start the book at the the most future point, the like most temporarily present point of the history of the of the of the mm. novel, and then you go back like to the autumn before, and then there's this gap between. So like the book ends and there's a gap of about three, four, four months or something, and all of the action that's being built up to. Like all the kind of the, the the terrorists trying to find the film, the government trying to find the film, them arriving, uh, Gately communing with a ghost with spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that's all like building to a moment right, where the ghost is going to like you know help him help Hal, and then they're going to you know find this film. But that's not in the book. <laughs> I think it also <laughs> it just pointed to, like, to. <laughs> this uh, this kind of wholeness of the universe. But the book itself is so fragmentary yeah. and. We kind of we're left to put this thing together on our own yeah. by seeing these like disparate uh, yeah. moments going back and forth all over, and somehow that still manages to build this picture. I don't know if that speaks to just like yeah, mm, yeah, it, how we experience the world in itself and how we need to kind of all the mm. important stuff that we would think would be in there is somehow left up to us to yeah. project or create. Yeah. In a way, like you say, it's not in there. Yeah. yeah. It does help if once you read the book to read the first chapter again because there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which makes no fucking sense when you open that book. <laughs> no. And like yeah. if you get past the first chapter, well done. You've yeah. <laughs> you've, you've cracked you something. halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I think there's like, that might be a kind of, that first chapter is not a structural misstep, but then to then spend an entire second chapter on a very minor character and his weed addiction, <laughs> while an entertaining chapter, structurally, eh. <laughs> could have gone to the tennis academy again, or maybe the yeah, drug house, you yeah. know, but like. There uh, are some flaws in the book, you know. <laughs> No, I they think must have. It must. Have, I don't know where they are. They must them. have yeah. to be there. But once you accept the premise that the structure is basically just weird, mm. then this doesn't strike you as weird anymore. If you know, what I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah and uh, there is something to it that that's the book when you which you finish and you know it's impossible for the closest foreseeable or the mm. yeah, like the nearest foreseeable future to read again. But you know you will have to read it again at yeah, some point. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm still taking my time, but I know, like as you said, like uh, reading it again with. A, like just an idea what it's all about will definitely yeah. make the read mm. different and I'm kind of excited about it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to have the insight now with like yeah. what it leads towards mm. and I wonder how different mm. would the second reading be from the first one but unfortunately I do not have three <laughs> weeks of my life or a month <laughs> uh, free <laughs> but yeah it's, uh, it's, it's definitely when I finished the book my first thought was like, I'm definitely going to read it again at some point. Yeah, like, there's no too. question about it. Yeah. It's just a matter of when, mm. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I remember having that sensation the first time I was reading it. I was going towards the uh, the end of the book. I thought, oh, I wonder what he's going to try and do to wrap this all up. <laughs> 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 there's, yeah. like, there's like 50 pages left. What's going to happen? <laughs> and you were like, no, it's, is it no. going to happen? No, it's, it, I, no. it's, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. But in in this sense, it's, it's, it, uh, it plays against mm. a lot of like, those expectations which which we might have about the book, and this is what I liked about it a lot. Like it's, it just does not deliver what a novel should deliver, and yet it delivers so much more that like mm -hmm. it's 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 absolutely crazy. I think like we seem to be using a lot of those words like I don't know like yeah crazy right because we lack better words to describe <laughs> this book. It's uh, it's so intricate mm. and so complete the, the despite the fact that it omits so much that I think mm -hmm. to me like forget about this being a book this just being like a experience in my life of whatever yeah, sort exactly it's extraordinary mm -hmm. on pair mm -hmm. with I don't know uh, the, the the greatest things which people are capable of accomplishing <laughs> in many ways so in, in, in many ways this stands out <laughs> it's not only one of the greatest book I, I, I encountered I guess but it's one of the hmm the most fascinating things I encountered in my life. It's so... Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, it, it becomes part of you during that time. Like, I don't think I've ne I've ever been that immersed in a book. Mm. And I I think I'm quite good at getting immersed in feelings. I remember all the places like, I was reading it. Yeah. For example, like, yeah. you talk about this being on the train and this part comes. Yeah. I remember... Like when I started reading the second chapter where I was, I remember where I was oh. when I finished it in all these different <laughs> yeah, places, different yeah. countries. Uh, and I think that like the memory and the experience of it really sticks with you. Mm. Mm. Uh, and maybe like you say, we call it crazy. And mm. I think it comes down to that we can't make sense of it completely. Mm. And uh, I think you can't find one interpretation that mm. makes sense out of it. Um, mm. And instead of it being somehow a, a whole that sustains many different meanings, you kind of have to take parts of it that make sense in this way. And then if you look yeah. at it another way, then something else stops making sense. Mm. Uh, and I think that might be the craziness mm. of it as well. 
yeah. in some sense. Yeah, I think actually it, it's a it's very much a it's a it's a book that's kind of filled with lots of tensions. I think. I mean, I think Wallace gets labelled a lot, especially on Tumblr, as this great champion against irony. And that quote I read was like, you know, he's very critical of irony. But mm-hmm. the book is so fucking ironic. It's mm-hmm. got so many I, like the the <laughs> scene where um, the the uh, transsexual drug addict. Uh, steals what he thinks is a purse from a passerby where it's actually her artificial heart and she's chasing him <laughs> uh, she's chasing her down the road shouting help help she stole my heart and, and, and the bystanders ignore it because they think it's just an alternative lifestyle gone awry <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that part was so heartbreaking yeah. I was suffering so much yeah it's, uh, uh, but like that so I mean he's obviously not against irony, but it's so his critique is more subtle. I think. I think it's. But like, I think yeah. that's the part where it just becomes, you know, this guy who does this and that, and that's the academic. I don't like that talking about that. Of course, he does irony and yeah, 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 like yeah. that, like that. No, no. And of course, maybe he's not like the king of irony, but it's not one thing or the other. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, it's not like super subtle anyway. So. No, but it's just really strange that he's become the anti-irony champion. Oh, because he has to be labeled for something. <laughs> People love those things, no? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Especially when it's like he's done things. But it's ironic that and somebody who produced something which is so resistant to labeling gets labeled on something <laughs> like. After I don't. Th- I think that's what it's, it's a little bit happens. what's what's yeah. said. I think <laughs> like this book really is resistant to mm. to any sort of fixed final. Uh, take or whatever mm. like as soon as you think you have it it will just like mm. something will undermine this mm. thing mm. again and it will be again lost and yeah. I guess that's the yeah that's the whole fun yeah. of the book as well like it just yeah. seems like it is infinite yeah. in, just, in yeah. this sense there is like I said there's like there's so many different tensions in it like he's oscillating between the 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 damagingness of society but then also the damagingness of family uh, but then also the need for family and the need for uh, society and the, it's just yeah. I, I kind of felt like a kid who like who knew how to play with I don't know like uh, Duplo blocks and one day I got this like kick-ass Lego whatever helicopter <laughs> it was so much beyond my imagination yeah. that yeah. this yeah. is possible to do with mm. blocks yeah. but I'm just like no way you know this like mm. it's, it's mm. almost like being presented with something which is out of league like and I say it having read, for instance, uh, uh, Ulysses, mm. which is similar in kind of scope and ingenuity, I guess. It's also obviously a crazy book, which we could <laughs> say a lot of things that we say about Infinite Jazz, we could say about Joyce because they are so similar in many respects. But still, like this is another level. This is taking this whole idea mm. of creating something very crazy uh, to a whole new place. <clears throat> and yet it's... Yeah you sense that this is not just random. There is not just like, oh, I'm just going to write whatever and put it together. And like, h- however, it's going to be so big, people will not figure out that it doesn't hold together. You you feel mm-hmm. that something holds it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not like a, 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 a frivolous or like completely unchecked kind of just patchwork. Mm-hmm. Cause I have read a few reviews that, like, that say that it doesn't hold together and... I think that's just easy because it's big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, like, you just say that because like it's too long. I didn't want to have to like I had to file this review on Monday. I started reading it like two weeks before. I really didn't have time. But what did it uh, <laughs> what did it speak to this idea that we do expect 
things to make sense and if they seemingly done in this really convenient, easy sense when you can be like, oh, this is about this and this and that. And, mm. and when we miss it, we suddenly get like, oh no, what's going on? Like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. When, was, like this is that I, what the book shows, I guess, is that this is not really necessary for something to, to still uh, be a coherent whole, mm. even if this coherency is just of the, of the weirdest kind. Or maybe I think <laughs> in some way it shifts the maybe not the coherence, but the sense to like your individual experience of something. Because I think as, as you said, like, or as we all said, like there's something that really caught us in this mm -hmm. and like we remember where we read it or we remember what we were doing or and how we got caught up in it and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So in some way you make sense of the book by establishing some kind of relationship with the book. Yeah. So it, it becomes about that in some way. So it this like making sense of it. Yeah. It mm. becomes more about your actual experience as a mm. human mm. Uh, consuming something. Or maybe not Whatever even. that is. But and then that is the other level is like how how do you classify this mm -hmm. like product that you're consuming? Yeah, but, but like Yeah, maybe like then you can make sense anyways of your experience of it in a different level. I mean, like to the point when you like go into the consuming aspect, I think I follow you. And if there is this perhaps a cliche that, oh, some books just uh, tell us like more about ourselves than about the book itself. I think in, in this case, this kind of is true because mm. more than reflecting on the very contents of the book itself, I think like my approach was more to rethink what I think about reading, for instance, or like things in me were the ones which I was questioning more than yeah. things in the book in a weird way. So <laughs> this cliche, yeah. which, uh, which, which is used so often, like for once really, really, really became tangible. And I was like, yeah. okay, so that's what it means for a book to really like, ask questions yeah. about what are my expectations? Like, why do I expect this to, yeah, like, find a resolution and closure in the last 50 pages that's not <laughs> yeah. necessary yeah so and this is just like one example of many i guess it's yeah. it's, it's it's unfortunately <laughs> it's just too much to <laughs> uh, yeah but you, you see what i mean yeah in yeah. this sense i yeah. agree with you this is this this it has a very mm -hmm. different effect uh, mm. yeah it's a it's a very strange thing because as you say i think you're very you're very right that there's a and that's what story was saying as well that this whole thing of like the mate it's the, you you're putting the emphasis on the making of sense in this book rather than it making sense. Like you have to kind of be mm. very active in mm. that. I believe that's also like, that's the kind of thing that you'll see like interviews with Wallace talking about quite a lot that, you know, you need something from your audience. The audience can't just like the whole, the, the whole thing of, you know, this, this film, Infinite Jest, which makes you totally passive in your enjoyment. Um, that's, that's what it's against. <laughs> yeah. And the book is trying to demonstrate it's against this. That's the unpleasantness, I think, that you were talking about as you're reading it. Like that part where it's making you go like, I need to work on this. <laughs> and oh, I haven't got the time now. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And so I think that, yeah, it certainly is making quite an interesting sort of almost, almost ethical point in existing, which makes, I guess, an artwork, which, yeah, I mean, we can... Let's just let's just let's just lick this more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, it's nice for once to have a book about which you can say all those things and just know mm. that uh, it deserves it rather than feeling like oh I'm just being like so. Yeah. 
so I mean, the intellectual it is a struggle and i think like because you said at part funny that it was uh, repealing mm. but it's not the contents of the book that is repealing it's not mm. like oh i don't like his style or yeah, yeah. No, 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 i don't no, like no, where no, this no, is no, going no, this yeah. this yeah. arc bores yeah. me <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's no, no, the no, task that you've taken upon yourself which i think it's a good right now i just can't handle it yeah. <laughs> yeah. every page is at least a thousand words yeah. and you're like yeah. that's I mean I'm gonna get through that and then there's the next page <laughs> and it's also the fact that at, I feel at least I don't know if it was very conscious or not but at some point I realized how it also became like a like a time issue <laughs> where I was like it doesn't make any sense that I'm try that I'm just like reading through because sometimes you do that with a novel like mm. you're like yeah okay I have to go through this and then mm. you read and then you don't remember that much what mm. happened like two pages ago but you're like yeah, it's fine like I can still follow the plot or whatever but I think at some point you realize and quite early <laughs> that it doesn't make any sense to read if you're not like 100% yeah, focused yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. going to put you in so much trouble. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. trouble that it will yeah. actually make you waste <laughs> an hour more. No, no, no. <laughs> and yeah. a lot a lot of like well I would say even focus is not a guarantee yeah. that like, yeah. you will not skip something I literally had to reread so many pages yeah, exactly because suddenly yeah. something clicked and I was like oh uh, yeah. oh uh, okay and it's not because it's badly written it's no. because it's <laughs> deliberately complicated yeah. <laughs> well yeah. yeah you could use a verb uh, adjective <laughs> dense it's definitely a dense book yeah uh, yeah, and uh, also like obviously it uh, it shifts registers mm-hmm. so often, mm-hmm. and oh, there yeah, is a lot true. of uh, a lot of deliberate uh, moves made by Wallace, which makes it uh, a little bit more resistant to read, yeah. and any like all the acronyms and yeah. technical lingo which he uses in pretty much any domain he he comments on. Yeah. Like you will have a lot of lot of language which yeah, is just. He'll often like you know write something incredibly precise and then just sort of, like, qualify it with kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of likes in this book. A lot of likes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like a 16 year old girl from California. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> almost. Kinda. But that was also something that it was like pretty admirable because he's like so this descriptive but it's so necessary everything he says Mm. and i think that was the part i would sometimes get very nervous (laughs) because i don't i don't really (laughs) like reading descriptions actually but then i i I was like getting you know into this thing that was like super and i was like wait why no no yeah like when he's describing how the uh, the lighting system works in the tennis academy with all the fucking mirrors and the, yeah. the layout and the maths of that. Like, yeah, I think there is also one which just yeah. describes the tennis yeah. academy yeah. Uh, yeah. architecture. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but then like, like, especially with the lighting thing, it was just like, oh, this isn't about the lighting. <laughs> this is about the character of James and Cadenza. <laughs> No, true, but I think it, it in a way though, like yeah, it, I I recognize my own worry, like what's important, what's not important yeah. here. Like mm. this, we all kind of seem to have a very similar sense that there is a great chance that everything is important here, and yeah. it's yeah. just so much. So uh, and again, and then you realize, like I will have to read it yeah. again. I and didn't then, worry so much about no? it when I read it because I was like, there's no fucking way I'm. Well, you know, yeah. this is like, <laughs> so I, I wasn't too hung up on it. Uh, and I think like you, we all said like, this is something you need to read again. Yeah. I think it was, 
I always read stuff again if I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I reread a lot, way more than I should, <laughs> for sure. But I knew like once it got me hooked, I was like, okay, I'll just read it again. I'll have to. <laughs> yeah. so there's no way, yeah. even if I focused and concentrated, that I yeah. would get all of it. I uh, think you can never get all of it. No, no. Also, like, you, 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 you. First thing is just to get through it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I made I made so many notes when I read it the second time. Because I could, I could understand where things were going. Yeah. But then also I could only half remember from like a few years previously when yeah. I had read it. And then, you know, I, and now even now, like right now, as I said, my, my, um, my roommate is reading it and he will come and tell me something he's just read. And I was like, I've forgotten all about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've probably got made notes about it, but it's just, uh, yeah. Anything else to say? I mean, we've really covered that it's big and dense. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything about like the feels it makes? Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking that it might be a bit like music. Yeah. In the sense that you can kind of, I don't know, you can kind of get into the middle of a song. It's it's like very experimental music that like shifts tones yeah. and, and whatever. You don't always mm. know what's going on. But I still feel you can just open it up and read yeah. parts of it. And you don't need to necessarily have heard the verse for the chorus to be great. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the way it just sections in these weird ways. I was thinking it was it kind of reminded me very much like a very much like a, a box set series because it just keeps on going. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing is like it's like running. It's definitely a, you can tell how much it's about TV because yeah. the way I was thinking that it was it starts at the end like you've caught the series run at the end and then they're going to play the repeat <laughs> of the entire syndicated series from the beginning. Uh, mm. and that's what I got from it like but then you get bored as so you don't see the climax point. Yeah. It's more like maybe like you got three different stories going on three different yeah. channels and you're just flipping between them <laughs> yeah, and, and as you follow yeah. one you miss out on the other one and you're still kind of like keeping track yeah. of what's yeah. going yeah but you realize that <laughs> yeah. after all they connected together yeah. Yeah. but I really like I remember especially at the end and like past days that I was singing like oh what are we going to talk about and stuff like that like I really cite this uh, watching a TV series like a very long one mm. because it's that feeling that you get attached in some way to the characters mm. and like it's mm. you just like keep mm. watching it at some point because you think oh mm. I just want to know what's up with them you know like mm. yeah. you know I'm talking about like your super long TV yeah, series yeah, yeah, yeah. like I don't know I have I actually haven't watched the whole Friends, but like this kind of like sitcom, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, they've yeah, been yeah, running yeah, no, for it's, like it's, uh, it's 90s, ten years. Yeah, it's like, 90s syndicated TV. Yeah, yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like they've been running yeah. for ten years. Yeah. You don't care about the end of itself mm. anymore. You care about mm. that having an end mm. because yeah. you've been watching it for like yeah. six years. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you've become attached to the yeah. characters, so of course yeah. you care about their lives. But it's. But yeah. yeah, and like you know, the things he does, like he references uh, two TV shows, Cheers and Mash, oh, yeah. which are exactly that. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, like know. You have, Mash is all like this kind of emotional pathos yeah. thing of war, also <laughs> being like, and, like you know, being important, and then Cheers being like kind of very banal, but people getting very attached to this community. Mm. And then of course, there's a character who becomes an obsessive uh, conspiracy theorist about Mash and thinks <laughs> that it contains the, <laughs> the secrets to the world and destroys his life. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, but is it is it partly because like when you have a character there and the story is told, as we said, since uh, the plot is just so abstract for the most part, so you mm. naturally focus on the story of the person, mm. and it is perfectly exposed and it's perfectly valid in the story itself. It's not just a uh, just an element which serves some greater purpose. Mm. You just 
realize that's the story of the person. It's mm -hmm. important in itself, yeah. apart from it being a part of some bigger puzzle. And mm -hmm. that's very soon, like, mm -hmm. why? You just become so like, oh, man, like, how? Come on, like, yeah, yeah. you're going to be fine and all this. Because... <laughs> you really do get a chance to see those lives. Yeah. yeah. And they are so yeah. masterly depicted, as you said, with so like so many details. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like getting yeah. somebody very quickly, very intimately, yeah. I guess. So you, mm -hmm. have, so you have all this, this, this kind of like, you know, wonderfully tragic story of Hal and his, uh, and his, and his, you know, his chronic anhedonia that he's suffering. Oh, yeah. But then that's framed by, so he's medicating that with marijuana, which he <laughs> refers to as Bob, Bob Hope from rhyming <laughs> slang from dope. Uh -huh. But then... When he gives up the marijuana, he abandons all hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was like, like that's like, in the, like, <laughs> like, oh, so Such cute. a long road and so worth it. <laughs> um, oh. But also, like, yeah, like, you know, you're structurally but going. Wallace is not yeah. ironic, right? <laughs> 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 but structurally, like, you know, there's. Like it's it's less extreme than Ulysses, but like there's like so little time ha like passes in the main mm. body of the book. I mean, the story oh. it spanned like fifty years. Like there's scenes back in the sixties, and there's scenes in the the present mm. day of subsidized time, which is also wonderfully keeps the science fiction always a bit in the future, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no. But there are a lot of theories on the internet about yeah, yeah, the subsidized yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. I really like that. I think I'm the same age as Hal. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, yeah. this is. I checked it out. <laughs> I think he was born in 1992. Okay. It's freaky, actually. Um, this the prescience of this book as well, because the president in this world is a buffoon who everyone elected because he had a kind of like banal message that connected yeah. with people. Johnny Gentle, and he's yeah. like a movie star, but like really dumb, and yeah. can just say the the you know, unlike Trump, he can say the right things at the right time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> But then, yeah, all these things like subsidized time, and then you think how that relates to things like how the internet monetizes attention, um, and then the, you know, the interlaced media system. What is wonderful <laughs> is that there's this whole cartridge system, as if that was still going to be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. very cute. You can't pre you can predict so everything. No, yeah. you can't predict. I think, yeah. I, think I, was, was, yeah. I think the time I was more freaked out was the whole like face recognition oh, yeah. call. Yeah, 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 what yeah. was that called? Like, uh, the, 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 no, the, it was the uh, the Skype thing. Yeah, 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 like, like the, the video, video phony thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that got like at the end, it just like went down because like people would care about how they looked, and I was like, "That's fucking FaceTime!" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. people are starting to do that. Like, I have friends who're like, "Oh, but you know, like I'm on my pajama." It's mm. like, mm. yeah, but it's a, it's a uncannily relevant. Because I didn't think that was actually what was going on. I thought it's a false prediction. But the other day I had a, a BBC News reportage on a Chinese app, which allows you to manipulate your own face on FaceTime, which gives what? you millions of possibilities <laughs> to readjust your face so you look more glamorous, which then in reality leads to people to trying to stand up to the reality, which dictates and actually going to have uh, plastic surgery just to be more like the, their own version they create on the apps. Like that's just some very weird premise. It sounds like from David Foster Wallace. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's people it's, can't yeah. even like they just stop video chatting because they've yeah. raised the expectation so much <laughs> yeah. that they yeah. start putting on yeah. masks. They were doing masks. They do three yeah. D yeah, kind yeah. of like yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah. kind of thing that you're. Yeah, then it's just like okay, I yeah. can't even show yeah. Yeah. what I might yeah. look like because then yeah. everyone will be disappointed when they see me. And then this in real is life. this is so framed like in that section where he's writing about like the the. The little like the little details about what you know happens if you're just on the phone. You are gonna like pick at your face or something, and you are gonna like you know half listen to what someone's saying. Uh, and it is a weird thing, Skype, because you're looking <laughs> at someone like going, 
Now give me all your attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this beautiful scene where uh, Hal is talking to his brother. And he's describing how he's clipping his toenails, yeah. Yeah, yeah. trying oh, to get yeah. into trash. So it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like regressed back to that. Oh, yeah. were kind of, oh can I yeah. say that's like my favorite like thing? Like mm. those three brothers, <laughs> they're yeah. so sweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like Owen's uh, not that sweet. Uh, <laughs> Owen, yeah. Owen's a bit of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he's so real. Yeah, that's true. He's real. But he takes one for the team. Yeah, like well, not yeah, everybody exactly. Can be sweet, like right? exactly. Yeah. Like he just they're yeah. like the complete. Yeah. You know, like you need like one perfect person, <laughs> then you take yeah. the three and condenser Who, brothers, and, oh, yeah, and okay. then you have well, those. Okay. You have those like you know those um those kind of that sort of sweetness and the sort of weird brother relationship, and then you have also the darkness of it. And within that, he'll build in little jokes yeah. like so. Owen's like seducing all these young mothers because that's his thing, and, <laughs> and he's referring to them as subjects. And then you have like a wonderful joke where like how oh, goes yeah. like I think you mean objects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and there's this line about like how. Uh, Hal is like uh, taking virginity, like you know, totally on. Like he's <laughs> the only person at the academy because, like, Orin has already taken like too much, and, and it's like explicitly said. I was yeah. like, this is so sweet. Like, oh, <laughs> that part of you know weird yeah. families, yeah. like we. Yeah, I mean, like the the real emotional heart of the thing, though, is of course Mario. And well, Mario and Don Gately have this kind of weird parallelism oh, yeah. thing. Mm. Um, Mario, who's the the young, he's the, mid, he's the middle he's brother. The, he's the middle brother, middle brother, mm. who might be the product of an incestuous relationship. Hence the title Infinite Jest, going to Hamlet, blah blah blah. Yeah. I didn't know that until I read the summary today. No. Which one? I, the, yeah. the incestuous, like that Mario, like uh, Mario was maybe like. But that's hinted, uh, I guess. Yeah, it's only hinted at. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. There's a lot of hinted. There's a lot of hinted. I'm not that not clever, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I no, 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 it's not. It's, not, it's, not, yeah. Yeah. it's the same thing, like, you know, if, if, the, if the tennis academy is Denmark. Um, James was James was the king of Denmark, who was killed, or you know perhaps driven to his death by his brother's affair, by his brother-in-law's affair with his wife, who is his adopted or half sister. No one can really tell. So there's wonderful like levels of incest, and like there's like all the psychoanalysis stuff going on there, mm. and all the Shakespeare stuff going on, yeah. and it makes a very good title. Yeah. <laughs> so we're realizing there's actually far far too much to talk about, and. Um, so, does anyone want to make anything about the? Like, so, we have these three plot lines. We've got the tennis academy. Mm. We have a, we have drug rehabilitation, mm. and we have the Quebecois separatists, which I think are just there for color, but also mm-hmm. drive the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're so nice. <laughs> they well, nice. You need yeah. the terror. You always need, the, but that's a you proof do, yeah, that you, you do, always yeah, need yeah. the terrorists. You need like this, the spectacle of violence, I guess. To, yeah, yeah, and then also hilarious violence as well. But it's also <laughs> I, I feel that in that way, it, if you take it without the hilarious part is it's more that there's this kind of like dystopia that is very real mm. and of course because his world like the world he creates is so complete yeah. you also need that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like through history yeah all civilizations have had this kind of uh, violence intake mm. yeah. into any yeah. topic and then so. he yeah he can use it as like a wonderful like excuse to just have whole scenes where people are meditating about like what is the nature of freedom <laughs> <laughs> also to you know talk about Quebec but <laughs> they also yeah. like since like a big part of this is what uh, modern media and entertainment yeah. is doing to us the weapon that the terrorists are trying to get their hands on is exactly that yeah to yeah. not just have ourselves kind of damage ourselves with these things which we do freely mm. it basically has Netflix in there yeah. where mm. you control your own programming and 
we all know that we spend like hours watching Netflix and then we feel bad about it and we're like, oh, we shouldn't do this. But then there's someone in there that actually mm. wants to hurt you and yeah. kill people yeah. with this technology and importantly, make them do it to themselves. Yes, that's the Which, yeah, there's uh, a twist, right, of the whole <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that also used. goes into this, like all these big companies <laughs> that are just hooking us onto all this stuff. <laughs> like now Instagram is withholding likes so that you check back. What? Yeah. What? Maybe like 10 people like your photo, but they will only show you seven, so you'll check again, see if you get more likes. Oh, they reveal it with time. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, fuck that. But it, so they're just <laughs> hooking us on this. And yeah. it's not just us yeah. doing the it to Instagram. ourselves. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's what this book does. Like you read and you think, ha, it's not about myself mm. at least. And then little yeah. little reflection later, you're like, oh no, it's also about yeah. like us and like our <laughs> vices and our yeah. like, it yeah. all refers back somehow. Like, yeah, it makes you realize how much of this, which here is presented in this way, which is not literally mm. what happens now. It actually has a bearing. In this sense, it's very uncannily prophetic. <laughs> and you're like, how did you know? <laughs> Man, like, yeah. I live in those times and I don't realize this. You have mm. not experienced this and you basically have so much to say about it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, this is what, it's, 22 years ago? Yeah. yeah okay. Again, that way, yeah. <laughs> that um, does not feel... And then he was writing it, of course, three years prior to that. Yeah. yeah. It was that, the early 90s. Yeah. The early 90s, so it's like... Yeah. So he's going to be sitting there watching like talk shows in the daytime. Friends is not a thing yet. Friends is about to start, yeah, <laughs> as a series. We are barely a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're running around like morons. <laughs> <laughs> we can't probably even read. Yeah. And here we are, 20 years later. I mean, to later. be fair, he was older than us. It's not like... <laughs> but, yeah, he was like our parents' age, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Around. it's the Gen X then, level. Yeah, but obviously, <coughs> you, you know, like you, yeah, we say three plot lines. Like yeah. each of them is enough to just create a crazy good and complete mm. book. Mm. But that was not enough, so we have a second one as yeah. well, and then the third yeah. one on top. Not to mention all the side stories, which yeah. just yeah. And, and all the connection. One, and yeah. then each one is like it has thematic connections to each. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you have, so you have the obsession of addiction to literal drugs you mm. have the obsession of like perfection in tennis and the, the, and like the wit like the weird way that's kind of like you want to escape a normal life but mm. only by turning yourself into a product of entertainment mm. Mm. because that's all you are in that world and then you have the the people wanting to harness this dangerous entertainment mm. Mm. yeah and also i also thought that it was so nice that the one of the connections between the two storylines is just like a simple physical thing, which is that they're like down the street. Yeah, I thought that was so beautiful. <laughs> like I was like, this is so, this is like the nicest thing. Like here, uh, you prove that you, yeah, you can establish those like all these crazy connections between mm, because you mm, know it, the yeah, yeah the plot yeah. develops and then some people know each other or whatever. Um, but then they also down the street, and how at the same time they're both like what you were just saying, like how at the end they're the two houses are just like the people living there, they actually <coughs> suffer from the same thing, like mm. they, they are all addicted to something. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. just that one is branded as 
you know, something for the future, which is like, yeah, I'll become like a tennis player mm. and then I'll do this and or that or for mm. the entertainment or whatever. But they're also addicted to something. Yeah. Or like the routine. Yeah. Or it's the same. Yeah. Or that they're also feeling alone. Yeah. That, you know, Gately is profoundly alone because of his like very shitty upbringing and like, you know, putting him in like really painful places. And Hal is also alone. And like this loneliness is the thing that really pervades mm. all the characters in the book, I think, mm. even though they're talking to each other. Um, yeah, I think if somebody ever had some time and dedication, like it would be really interesting, for instance, to sit down and try to observe the patterns and structures which mm. are repeated throughout the book, which yeah. plays a little bit to the this mathematical mm. underpinning of a, of a structure. I mm. think in this sense, it's also a, a very nerd-prone book because <laughs> you can just yeah. set up a task for yourself yeah. and see, oh, how does this work yeah. in it? And I That's bet you like it will be the most fascinating study ever yeah. Yeah. on top of all the other studies you could do about it, obviously. But it's, it's the sense that this book has so much hidden in it as well and yeah. to be discovered if only you want to it's just yeah. like you need obviously a lot of dedication mm. <laughs> yes. and also the choice like which uh. kind of refers back <laughs> like or like it's the last punchline also with the this whole like can we show society this like super addicted mm. or whatever infinite jesting like it's also the choice of like what you want to focus on yeah but regardless what you choose mm. you have to actively look for it mm. which is beautiful in some way like yeah. it's also reflected in in the work mm. like in, in the storyline like yeah you can choose to focus on this or that you can enjoy it in like many different levels in some way uh, but you still have to be a, an active part of it yeah which that entered like this entertainment the book which can be seen as entertainment at some level yeah, yeah. You're, you have to be like part of it and then mm. it becomes kind of a puzzle I guess it's not like a passive thing which yeah is what he yeah so it has that wonderful meta level yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yay yeah. we used the words we were not waiting for <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> finally yeah. meta yeah. also like meta on a fucking integrated level not like mm. meta like my name's in the book like uh, meta like Oh no! This is like what the book is about, <laughs> but never directly stated. Yeah. yeah. All, all emergent from the plot and yeah. characters and setting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> can I? Uh, can I risk a risky parallel? I mean, the way sometimes I would recognize my like myself being described by someone perfectly is pretty similar to what you find for like what I had a certain passages of. Being in time and Martin Heidegger just talking about what people do, like describing some part of existence. And I was like, how did you know that? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> this You describe something which I thought only I have knowledge of. And it's just so hmm. private in a way. No. I had never thought this is something even other people know about. And yet here you are, there is someone who we never met who died long before you. Mm. And he just describes it to you. And it feels so personal. And you're like, that's uncanny. Mm. That's fascinating, but it's uncanny. And mm. there's a lot in Wallace as well. Like maybe it's not so direct because it's cloaked into a narrative and, 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 and so on. But you also have those moments sometimes. You're mm. like, 
sneaky you like it's like yeah get out of my head Wallace's ghost time traveling ghost yeah it's almost like really something something invasive almost mm. but uh, mm. the same time it's fascinating because you rarely experience it it's mm. like somebody can read you so well uh, or yeah. read or give you mm. one take on, on, on something which you experience but you never thought about that way but since you heard it you're just like man yeah that's but, yeah, that also ties into the like loneliness theme of it, uh, and how he creates these microcosms of the uh, tennis academy, mm. and then the halfway house, mm-hmm. and the terrorism thing. Like, I don't know. It seems to be a very like <laughs> wheelchair-based terrorist, group. we should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and how everyone is alone, but I don't know. We're always yeah. alone together, and yeah. somehow together in this loneliness. And you say something is. Like so private, and you've never told anyone. But then he reveals to you mm. that you're not the only one. This is a fundamental thing, mm. uh, and I think that's maybe what he's trying to get us to do. Is like we're alienating ourselves and making ourselves feel mm. lonely. Mm. Mm. Whereas if we actually yeah. open up, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and see how this is happening right down the street, mm. it's also happening everywhere. Because yeah. the level of the story is these like small families to these closed communities yeah. to like intercontinental <laughs> politics <laughs> and that becomes like refracted in eschaton the game they play yeah. Uh, yeah so it's always going every level kind of exists on mm. all the other planes yeah. somehow and this kind of fundamental things that we experience that he describes it yeah like yeah we all share in it yeah yeah and then of course it's never so simple as saying just hang out with people it's saying like <laughs> no 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 this is work now <laughs> the work starts with that no, yeah. because it's like you know the family is 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 also uh, destructive, but it's not the only reason it's destructive. You know, you, like you know, gain the whole. So you have the you know the, this absent alcoholic father who's like manic depressive and 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 um, yeah, also you know, in a, in, a, in a sort of toxic relationship himself in his in his marriage. But then you look at like how he was brought up, and then also a generation back from that, like how that like within that story you see oh shit, there's also all this other damage, like this generational damage and that generational damage being so structured by the culture that surrounds it. So nothing's ever simple. No one's ever simply bad. No one's ever simply, like they're they're letting you down, but that's because also everything else is letting everybody down. So is the message gloomy or is the message, is there a message in this sense? I I think there, I I think it's more about portraying. um, Mm. Hmm. I think there's a takeaway, not necessarily a message. You can walk away with something. Again, again, it's it's about you engaging Mm. in the book. Mm. So it would be, there is, I think, there is no making Mm. sense of the narrative. So there is no message in Mm. that. But it's more about like portraying. I thought like one of the things I actually really Mm. like, it was like Mm. this family Mm. portrayed of like all this... Mm. Interconnections, interconnections, yeah. and also like there's no one bad or good, but there are there yeah. is a description yeah. of yeah. Mm. I'm doing this. Oh, but also this has happened to this person. Oh, yeah. maybe it has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. actually yeah. there's like a woman where I think, it, well, it it just they're mm. like in in a dinner with uh, April and uh, and the brothers, and I think it's like a uh, like flashback yeah so with, and, and Joel's there as well yeah, yeah, yeah Joel yeah. is there and they're explaining the night and then there's like a sentence that says something like you, you cannot trust uh, children talking about their parents 
mm. and then explain something else and then there's like but of course you cannot trust the parents talking about their children mm. and i think it really like summarizes yeah. or yeah. it gives you like a very good hint of like yeah you know he's not trying to give you a message he's just mm. like trying you to mm. see mm. the whole picture i think there's also a point in that we've all talked about how all these connections are there uh and i don't think it's just a matter of cleverness of him being like having the mind to encompass all this and put all these references in there that somehow mm. fit together and make it a puzzle i think it also comes down to this insight and showing the connections that are already there mm. Mm. Uh, like you're saying yeah. like bringing this out and laying it on the table yeah, he's not yeah, necessarily yeah. constructing this mm. whole no. world it, it's somehow that he finds it yeah and reveals yeah. it to us yeah yeah like the, definitely there is yeah the, the genius work is done by being able i guess to me at least to to have an overview over all this as you say like, it's yeah. it's it's something which is out there that yeah. that's true i think that's where the sense of it, very close recognition often comes because your sense is not just arbitrarily put together. No, no, it's not like Dan Brown's it's, Da Vinci Code of like constructing this yeah, puzzle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the opposite. And uh, but uh, yeah, but in in this sense, uh, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Too long, not enough beers. And uh, it's the only one not drinking beer. Yeah, just uh, just prove something, Frank. I cannot connect this uh, together. Huh. I think. Yeah, maybe less that there's a theme, but more there's like a statement, and mm. that statement is simply, yeah, I, I, I feel it too. Yeah. <laughs> and and that because it's a book so much as I say, it's a book so much about loneliness, and I think what's remarkable is like when I read it, I feel profoundly unalone. Mm. Like I can see the loneliness, I can see it all described by feeling like there's some kind of, and this is maybe this the sentimentality of like putting so much effort into fucking reading it, but you you. I I kind of feel like okay no there's other people who see this too and yeah. that's okay that's that's something mm -hmm. sentimental and nice what? yeah there's just not like in regards in regard to that it's just like something very humane that I mean I haven't read much more mm. post the Wallace but I okay I've only read one more thing actually <laughs> <laughs> but the, the and it was very different the hideous men mm -hmm. and the interviews with hideous men. But, but what I could really see beyond the, you know, language or whatever, it was like this very like humane perspective on everything. Yeah. Like it's very like the thought is very humane. Mm. There is like no space for, like it doesn't feel that he has ever like sit it down to, to write a book. It feels more like it has just flowed yeah. and, Mm. There are like all these flaws on everything, and it like all the characters are so nuanced, yeah. and yeah. that that's how I think it's like very easy to engage on yeah. the whole story and forget more about the narrative, yeah. but really understand yeah. what is going on with the characters and be very emotional about it. Yeah, it's actually quite. That's quite an, an important point, I think, is that. He gets kind of toted around by a bunch of nerdy men often as this kind of cerebral writer. But I think that the reason that you actually have a connection to it is the, is the humanity of it um, and and feeling that emotional connection to yeah. things. I think that's the like the fun in games is great because like yeah, it's good to play games with someone you feel like you like. But um, they do, he does that work first by making that. Yeah. 
So, I think we should stop. I'm kind of brought back we to... We still haven't talked uh, about the drugs. <laughs> I'm kind of brought back to the opening quote where he's talking about how like this ennui and kind of hip and cool, mm. like being openly empty and mm. lonely is the way mm. to be unalone. I don't know. It just really hits me now that we've talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> is how this is created, and I think that's where the criticism comes in. That this is something that we learn, mm. uh, have to let go. Mm. And you know, he's like, we enter a spiritual puberty where we snap to the fact that the great transcendent horror is loneliness, excluded engagement in the self, and then we just do something to like keep that going. Yeah, we like face the horror, and then we're like, yeah, okay, let's just live with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. <sighs> okay. So, we're going to go do a little round here. So, Fanek, would you recommend this book? Uh, I would recommend this book, yeah. I mean, uh, after all we said, I think it's clear that, <laughs> <laughs> that I have no doubts that it's worth all the effort. Uh, and it's it's basically, it's definitely going to be a journey. And it's definitely going to be a very different journey <laughs> from uh, the one I had or any, anyone of us here. And I guess that's what's, what's really the beauty of the book. So go mm. ahead. It's just 1,000 yeah. pages. 1,070. <laughs> <laughs> and Nails? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would, of course. Um, yeah, just be ready. Like, uh, don't rush it. Don't rush it. In the sense of like make like clear clear the schedule to read it. No, I think yeah. it's true. Like I mm. think it's, it's way more enjoy yeah, yeah, and it's way more enjoyable when you can actually like spend the time mm. reading it also like mentally wise, I think it's just easier mm. to for what we just talked about, like getting used to the language and vocabulary and like plotline and stuff, it just makes more sense to read on like big sessions rather than just like 10 minutes before going to bed for mm. that you have way more other like there mm. are so many books to do that <laughs> very true and snorry yeah I, of course I'd recommend <laughs> it. Uh, but i also think you need to just like because i know a lot of people that have started this book yeah and i don't know a lot of people that have finished it yeah and i would just say like stick with it yeah uh yeah if you like plan and you have the time and then suddenly you don't like don't give up mm. yeah, <laughs> I think yeah that's the important one just keep going it's a struggle mm. but it's so worth it mm. and once you've read it once you're gonna have to read it again so don't worry too much yeah just go for it and i would say of course um you need three bookmarks um one to follow the progress of the book one for the footnotes and one for page 223 in oh, the yeah. uh, paperback edition, which has the chronology of the years. <laughs> oh, yeah, Super I have helpful. that yeah. as well. I have, a, I have a little cat. Look, I have a little cat and yeah. it says years. <laughs> so this is yeah. very true. Um, I was also using that. As a cliche, and, yes, I would say the book changed my life. Um, oh. But to also try not to do a cliche, I'm going to say all women don't read it. That's hey! not, that, no, because like all the men have said that to women for years. <laughs> like, oh, you must read Infinite Jest. Now I have to do the opposite. Oh, Try okay. and counteract that. Oh. oh. I don't think it's going to work, though. No <laughs> man told me to read it. Uh, they actually... That's, that's going to be... Discourage you. Discourage me to read yeah, it. But so. none of the men are on this table. No. We, we remain no. silently neutral. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of neutrality. Silently <laughs> neutral. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thanks very Support. much, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
going to do this little uh, this little outro text here. Um, so thanks for joining us on this little adventure into our ramblings and uh, and other kind of um, superlatives. Uh, join us next month when we'll have a regular Arc Audio Book Club with Sarah's pick, How Should a Person Be by Sheila Hetty. So, yeah. Ready?